Okay, Ian Blackwood Talk Smack Podcast. Man, I'm so excited today. We have Ross Milet here. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Ross, thanks so much. Um, people who don't know, people who do know, people who don't know, Ross is a heavily decorated amateur kickboxer, and he's just recently turned professional boxer. Yes, sir. And he's now, I got to say, congratulations on air, 2-0. and Thank you, yeah. Dude, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. I just watched, uh, had the pleasure of watching your second fight. Against uh, Cruz, what was the Daniel Cruz? Daniel yeah. Cruz, yeah. Um, dude, what a display! Yeah, it was fun, and we were we were nervous for it because he was five and one. And, yeah, that's uh, and I thought that too. I was like, this guy's, you know, he's 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 pretty darn good. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, he's not like an zero and four kind of guy. Sure, um, yeah, yeah. You know, we want to make a statement early, so I think that you know, um, my in my first fight, I fought one of the top prospects coming out of Ontario. Yeah. And then uh, that moved forward into this Daniel Cruz opportunity, and they said, "Do you want it?" And we said, "Well, yeah, okay, sure, <laughs> give it to me." And uh, yeah, and I think that <laughs> we want to make some waves early. Yeah. And uh, the more waves we make, the more you know. Hopefully, people take notice and and want us on their shows, or you know, just just appreciate the way that I fight. You know, I mean, if I can, you know, hang in there with a guy that's five and one early, um, you know. Dude, you didn't just hang, you didn't just hang. I gotta <laughs> say, I'm sorry, but you, and this is no disrespect to, to, to Cruz. I mean, he was, you yeah, know, he's a, he's a, a, a decorated fighter himself, but dude, you, you definitely made waves, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, the goal is to dominate, right. And, <laughs> and dominate in a very different way than we, sure. we fought in the first fight. Okay. Um, you know, I want people to realize that, you know, I can evolve as a fighter and I think you see a lot of fighters today that don't change, you know, from amateur to professional or for from fight to fight like you watch you watch both fights yeah yes yeah i did so yeah. briefly watched the danforth one but i yeah. more so watched the second yeah. i don't know there was something that felt um more uh, important for me to watch the second i don't know what it was it was, oh, it was just whatever. the energy of when you sent it to me i just felt like i needed to dig yeah. into that one. well it's the most so. recent right um but yeah i mean like we wanted to say okay like this is how we're fighting the first one mm -hmm. you know against a really game you know opponent that likes to fight mm -hmm. and then the second one we didn't really know who he was we didn't have any tape on him we oh. didn't research him okay so we we developed these goals and affirmations um with my team and they said okay this is the way that we're gonna fight and here's game plan a b and c and a b and c has a one two three attached to it <laughs> and if you if you a doesn't work We'll move to B, and then if B doesn't work, we move to C. So there's always contingency plans and things sure, like sure. that. Um, but it's yeah, no smart fighting, I guess. Right? Yeah, and we wanted like we wanted to dominate. So and that was uh, you definitely did. Luckily, that's how it happened. People you know? should uh, definitely search that one. We'll plug it later on at the end of the show. And well, before we get too deep into the fights, I, I do want to talk, Ross. I want to talk a little of your backstory and what was it? Because um, I mean, you've been training in sort of martial arts and uh, yeah. you know like these types of. Um, uh, I guess, like, sports for, for quite a long time, right? You, you've been doing it since you were quite young, you know? Yeah, the martial arts journey started when I was, like, four. Wow, four. So, yeah, and uh, it's it's fun. Like, it was a... Uh, it's actually not... It's a... Uh, my parents got me into it because I was this, like, high-energy kid that my mom said I never walked. I always ran everywhere, you know? <laughs> and I was the type of kid that, you know, would run up the stairs, land face first, put my tooth through my lip, and then keep going, you know? And, like, it happened all the time. And uh, so they're like, we need to get this kid into something that he's going to, you know, learn something, Le especially discipline and respect of the martial arts, but also burn energy because he's, like, way too much. And so we got put into jiu-jitsu when I was four, um, Japanese jiu-jitsu. Mm -hmm. So a little different than Brazilian, obviously, which is what you do. Mm -hmm. um, and that went until I was about 17, 18. 
Four and, years uh, old, uh, Japanese jiu-jitsu up until about 17 years old. Yeah. Wow. And so there, there's like three continuous timelines that happen throughout my martial arts journey. Um, and they kind of cross over and fade in and out, which is neat. So there's, we'll call it like the jiu-jitsu journey or the martial arts journey. Then there's the the kickboxing slash martial arts journey. Okay. And then there's sort of where we're at now where there's less martial arts involved. But, you know, I still try to take those values from martial arts into what we're doing now. Um, so to start, in a nutshell, you got the high energy kid stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So it turns out... Which is out, super smart of your parents, by the way. Sorry to interject. Totally, that. yeah. It's and, great. You know, my, my parents always taught me the good values. Like, yeah. you know, respect your elders and, you know, you want to have good character and please thank you, all those things. You but see I mean, it in your fighting too, man. You do, even at that second fight, like there's no, there's, it's not about an ego. It's not necessarily, you're a confident uh, young man, young fighter, but you're also a very respectable person. You're, you're disciplined. Like you see it in your fighting and I think that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I think, I think for me, it's like confidence in my ability, but like I'm there to fight. I'm not there to make fun of nobody. I'm not fair to, like I, I really don't care if there's altercation beforehand. Sure. It never really affects me because sure. like at the end of the day, we're stuck in that ring together, you know? So whether you disrespect me or you're nice to me, like I'm still going to do the same thing. You know, there might just be a little more motivation if, <laughs> <laughs> if, if you know, you get on the bad side, but whatever, yeah. right? I Go mean, from wanting to punch you in the head to really wanting to punch you in the yeah, head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And add a little bit more zip on those shots. Sure, right? sure, sure. Um, cool. So the Japanese jujitsu journey and then... And then kickboxing. Okay. So then it just so happened that my sensei, uh, Nick Petrov in jiu-jitsu, was one of Maz's fighters, who's my coach now at BAC. Maz Nawaz. Yeah. At BAAC, yeah, back, yeah. yeah in Burlington. And, yeah, Burlington. So we, um, it was just weird. Like Nick put kickboxing in his curriculum. I loved it, you know, way more than the ground stuff, way more than the throwing stuff. Um, we ended up doing a World Jiu-Jitsu Championships. Um in Niagara Falls back when they had it there. And I was probably like 13. They wouldn't allow me to fight in the men's divisions um, because I wanted to do like the punch kick throw, like sport jujitsu. Right. Um, but at the time they wouldn't let me. Um, so we did a jujitsu demo. And then basically that was it for my competitive jujitsu stuff. But Nick had me doing light contact kickboxing at like eight, nine, 10. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you're a monster, dude. And those those were all Maz's <laughs> tournaments, right? I mean, they were run by you know at the time the WPK, which turned into what is now Waco Canada, okay. right? And I mean, so, these are all kickboxing organizations, like right, circuits, that are, yeah, circuits, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, just for listeners, because some might like are, I'm green, and there's a lot, yeah, of yeah, yeah. Some so, who I mean, aren't, but some who are. So. There's tons of kickboxing organizations out there. Some are more competitive than others, right. and Canada is in sort of a weird spot between. PSOs and NSOs, and I try not to get involved. Like I just, I just like to fight. Combat sports too are difficult. We had there was a ban a little while in jujitsu tournaments. Yeah, and, I mean you got grappling industries, IBJJF, um, and you got the Ontario Open, which happens every. But yeah, there was a ban for a little while because of lack of uh, apparently lack of security, lack of health, uh, first aids, and stuff like that. But I, yeah. I know that it's been cleaned up since. But well, I know there's always a, a little gray area there with the martial arts and, and yeah, and stuff. And like. I know that like in Canada, they really wanted to clean sport up. Right. So what they sure. did was they made everybody reapply right. for PSO status. So boxing, hockey, you know, all combat sports, all regular sports too. Right. So, I mean, you know, in boxing at one time you had boxing Ontario and then you had another, uh, the OBA, um, and they were like deemed the unsanctioned group. Uh -huh. Right. And so, but I mean, do, do they produce better or worse fighters? You know, who knows? People right. just like to fight. I think, I think for us, like for, 
for the sport aspect, people just like to fight. From the safety perspective, though, like you, you need to have a PSO that has regulations, that has paramedics there. Because, I mean, I've done, you know, even coming up with Maz, sort of skipping forward down the timeline on kickboxing shows, you go down to the States, you know, you have a, a kickboxing tournament and there's no paramedics there. You yeah, know, people are getting knocked out left, right, and yeah, center. Yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah, you, and yeah. so that's what I think Ontario is really trying to do is like, and especially with you know Waco Canada, and then there's a there's a Muay Thai one as well. They applied, they got it, and now it's it's about safety. But there's Ooh. also this huge backlash from the people that didn't get it, right? Oh, okay. So okay. I mean, it's just it's it's right, to every yin there's a yang, right there. Yeah, right six yeah, and yeah. a half dozen the yeah. other, right? So so you move on from kick, so then we go from kickboxing, and then when did um so it's Western boxing, right? Like that now that you're yeah, so it was like American style kickboxing, right? Okay. So waist up rules. Okay. Um, no low kicks at the time. Right. Um, and we, f- so I went from. And you're what, 13 at the time? Or no, you started at nine, you said. Yeah, so light <laughs> contact, nine years old, moved in. And then I had my first like full contact, like ring sport fight at 12. Wow. And so that was in Lockport. 12. New- yeah, that was in Lockport, New York. <laughs> I was playing with Star Wars toys. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> and uh, Lockport, New York. And we, uh, I think that day I fell in love with it. Lockport? Yeah. Like in Tanawanda? Like in, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lockport, exactly. Gambino Ford. And yeah. it was in uh, the Keenan Arena. Um, that is so cool. Man. I actually remember. Western like, New York, this guy going down 12 years old doing some competitions yeah. in Western New York. That's cool. And, uh, and it was a show. Like it was a nighttime show. Wow. And so I wasn't under Maz's wing at that time. Okay. And Maz headlined the fight. So he was the main event. And then either he was the main event or this other uh, kickboxer, Amr Abdullah, who was phenomenal in his own right. Um, they were friends. Okay. And so they would headline or co-headline these shows together. And then they'd have a huge amateur undercard. And they were huge, like lights, you know, this and yeah. that. So Big deal, yeah. Fought one, Maz took some notes. And I guess he liked the fact that I was coming up through Nick. He liked the fact that, you know, I was coming up through martial arts. So he said, yeah, okay, I'll give this kid a chance. And literally from then on, it was like in terms of kickboxing and boxing, it was me and Matt, you know, and we had our team. So there was a team way back when called Taz or Team Abu Zaid, which is what it stood for. And uh, we were notorious. Like we would just go everywhere together as a team, black and white, everything. Our tracksuits were these Diodora dope black and white tracksuits and everyone knew our team. You know, Jackie LaChapelle. One of the girls was probably one of the best fighters I've ever seen in my life, you know. Um, and she was a product of Nick and Maz as well, you oh. know. So I think it it just came full circle yeah. in terms of that. And uh, it was funny because we, when we were fighting, it was all about fighting. You know, yeah. we stuck together. We didn't do anything. Like if somebody went to the washroom, it's like, yeah, let's go. You know, if you wanted to get a snack or candy or whatever and sneak out away from coach, you know, you go with a teammate, you know, hmm. and, and that's the whole thing. So Yeah, loyalty, family, all that. Yeah. And and I think it it now that's why my team feels so comfortable. You know, and yeah. I think that, you know, if you were to look at my team, like I have guys that are from the Taz days hmm. still on my team. So I have like Brian and John and Maz. And Maz is sort of like the godfather, right? Like whatever he says, I'm like, yeah, okay, for sure. Let's do it. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, that was that. And then Maz got me into, or sorry, I got my black belt, Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. I was 16. Um, and then I sort of weaned off that, you know, and, and I think it was, it was a long, long Jiu-Jitsu career. You know? Yeah, that's, and, I mean, from four yeah. to 16. And, and on, on again, off again. Sure. Like I did take a break, switch gyms this that so 
Yeah, but that's, I mean, again, you're young and, you know, at that age, you, you're, you're, I mean, even, even at 30, 30, you know, five turning 36, I find myself dipping all over the place. I've totally you know, trained, I've yeah. trained jiu-jitsu and, um, you know, a few years with Daniel and Scott and uh, Lewis and Daniel Satsos. And then now with Alex Zahabi and uh, Burlington BJJ, which is above BAAC, which is yeah. where you, where you, where yeah. you teach and where you train yeah. boxing. Yeah. And we're um, lucky to have you guys. I mean, th- I think that's the big thing is when we did that spot, we were, there's a little bit of like, okay, we have this other guy coming in. And then we meet Alex. Who happens to be a wizard. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and he comes in and we're like, this guy's awesome. Nice. You know, and we Yeah, because I guess that you never know, right? You could just be getting, who knows? Totally. Someone could just and come it could in. be one of those, you know, McDojo's. <laughs> we were talking about earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Where you don't know who this guy is. And, sure. You know, we're very lucky to have Maz and Alex under one roof, you know? And, oh, yeah. And I always can, like, I talk with, uh, I had uh, Scott Lewis out on recently in the podcast, and we just talk about how the, the fact that, you know, you go back even a few years and there just wasn't nearly as many Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts available, mm. readily available totally. in towns. Yeah. And now anyone, like the fact that you can have one and train with one and, yeah. or even, even brown, even advanced brown belts, like yeah, that's such a treat. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, talking with Scott, cause he was saying he used to travel, you know, miles and miles to just go train with the black belts. Totally. Yeah. I remember watching it and he would say like, it's either Montreal or Vancouver. Exactly. You yeah. know? So it's like. Well, that's far. Like, and BAAC, where where uh, where Ross trains and, and coaches, and it's a cool gym. Like you guys got that great boxing vibe downstairs, and sometimes you you let us use the mats on Sundays. And if if the class yeah, is, it's just a good, it's a cool collective, man. Like, well, and, cool and again, vibe. like we try to take that martial arts vibe, where you know we respect everybody that's in the building. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. why would I say no? Like we, you guys are in my boxing ring more than some of my boxers are, right? You know, and and that's cool. You know, and I think for. I think for other gyms, I think it's a, it's sort of like a eye-opening um, scenario where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, these guys work collectively together. It's it's weird, and it's not an MMA gym. Oh, you know, it's I, not, I yeah. think that's the big thing is it's not MMA. There's jujitsu upstairs, which is a completely separate entity, right? And I think that that's cool, and and everybody upstairs is cool well, and it, talented. And I think, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> I, uh, and I agree. And I also do love what you just said. It's not, it's not really an MMA gym and it, it has this, it doesn't have the stigma. It has, it has a warm, welcoming yeah, yeah. feeling. Come hang out. Yeah. And that's, know? I think that's very important because I mean, in a sport that's already in sports in general, kickboxing, boxing, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, Muay Thai, these things are, can be very intimidating to people, totally. especially to get yeah. going and to get started. Yeah. But when you have a vibe that's um, a little more, you know, a little, just a little softer, warmer, down to earth, you know, like it feels yeah. good that you want to go there, you know, you want to yeah. meet these people and train with them. So I think it's important. Well, and I think we make it very goal oriented, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, if your goal is to get in shape, use it to get in shape. Don't, yeah. you don't like, not everybody needs to get hit. You know, and I think that that's a big difference. I like that because I don't want to get hit. Yeah, you <laughs> even know, like, though I do sometimes. <laughs> we we work with like our like our students start at four again, but I mean we have like sixty year old people that come to the gym. Like, yep. do you really think they want to get hit in the head? <laughs> nope. Like, or people that have like exclusive jobs. Sure. You know, financial advisors, actors. You yep. know, like I need this face. I need this nose. Yeah. So if if you go to an interview and you have a black eye, <laughs> you know, it's not. <laughs> It's not the best. I definitely have had an audition. I remember before, and from a couple of years back, and I'd gotten a bit of a. It was a. It was an awkward choke, an awkward uh, lock, and then something happened, and I had caught a. I caught like a, a left or a right, just briefly. Caught the and old it, left hook, and eh? it just yeah. But it was, and it was, it was not. It wasn't a strike or anything. But it just happened to be wrong place, wrong time, wrong right, moment. Right, right, right. And I had to go to an audition, and you know, you, you try to like 
clean it up a little bit, but yeah. you, you just know, you know. they're yeah, staring yeah, yeah, at yeah, it, and you're yeah. like, <laughs> you don't even know what to say. You're like, yeah. well, yeah, I have a little bit of a fun extracurricular life, and yeah, uh, totally. you know, I don't want it yeah. to stop. So you know, well, I know that being an actor, if if you book certain jobs. You're actually you have to sign contractual agreements that you won't train certain sports and take um, take part in certain things. You can't drive motorcycles. And it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, if you're an if you're an integral part of a show for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially if you're on like a season show, right? Yeah, like, and they need you to they you're, need you you're to on be season there. Eight and you know you need <laughs> yeah. to you need to look the same as you did through one through seven. They right? might not want you practicing joint locks and yeah, yeah jabs yeah, and totally. you know right or left hooks <laughs> while you know while you know you need to be memorizing you know thirty pages a day and you need your face to look the same. So there's yeah, always yeah. that. But, <laughs> Still got to look pretty, right? I want to talk a little bit about uh, your your first pro fight. Yeah, uh, as a yeah, boxer, sure. and it was uh, uh, Faya's. Sultanyar, I guess, was the fellow's name, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you were just saying before, so he, you said he was a bit of a, a bit of a brawler. You said he was a bit of a dude. Just likes to fight. He and likes you know, to fight. Okay. You know what? I th- I think it's cool because we had uh, amateur experience as well. So we we fought. We went one and one as amateurs. Um, Which we'll talk about too. I want to. There's a Pan Am situation. I really want to talk. The first so, pro fight. So we fought as amateurs in boxing. So okay. when I guess to go way back into those timelines again. Maz just got us to fight. So we would box, kickbox, low kick, K1, full contact, whatever. He, he spent a bunch of time in Russia training with the Russians and, and did the, uh, ran some programs with coaches there. And, and he realized that these guys would just fight every weekend. You know, they didn't care if it was in light contact, full contact, you know, K1, whatever. So he's like, okay, you guys are going to do that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. All right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and one weekend it's this weight, the next weekend it's this way. So huh. let's make it happen. And so some weekends we would actually go, you know, into the States on a Friday, fight Friday, go somewhere else, fight Saturday, go somewhere else, fight Sunday, and then come home. Wow. So yeah, yeah, it was cool. So anyways, yeah. So let's talk Danforth. Danforth. So we, uh, we went one and one as amateurs. This was 420, was it not? Yes, it was. And they, they totally branded that show for that, <laughs> which is funny because you have a straight edge guy on that show, right? I mean, I don't, I don't oh. drink, I don't do drugs, none of that Which, stuff, so. hey, didn't know that about you, man. But it all, yeah. it makes total sense. Yeah, a lot of like, uh, I mean, there's there's both, but there's a lot of great martial arts that are pretty pretty straight lined. And I mean, I've been sober yeah. for five years, and yeah. it's been a, it's been fantastic. I, my life has changed completely because of it in so many ways. But um, keeps you healthy, man. Yeah, but I mean, you want to perform the way you perform, you gotta be healthy. Yeah, and I, I think any other ways, like I find that you know, if you're gonna turn to booze or you know, smoking or whatever, doing drugs that's going to be the first excuse, right? So, totally. I mean, like, we have clear-cut goals, and that's why we took that guy on, Daniel Cruz, in the second one, because, mm-hmm. like, we have goals. We want to make those waves. And if I'm ever going to have an excuse, it's going to be a bad habit. I want to be 40 and say, you know what? I did it. There mm-hmm. was no drinking, no drugs, so it was on me, mm-hmm. you know? And that's that's different. That I think a lot of fighters can come to terms with. You see a lot of fighters that retire, and they're like, oh, can I go one more? They get back in the ring, and then they're hurt, right? So It's very, very... Um mature of a 27 year old to, yeah. to take that on man that's i respect that 27 that's, going on 50 that's <laughs> we talked about that to our lower back yeah. um very disciplined though yeah yeah i mean we, which i mean uh, obviously you learned from you know you know uh, solid parenting a good home front uh martial arts martial arts in the beginning yeah. yeah that was it and and you know i think the other thing is too is is that i always have this vision in my head man and i i think i got this from maz like i can see in my head while i'm training my opponent's training right and like, they're always outperforming me in my head. And that's always making me go a little bit further, hmm. you know, and, you know, falling off a treadmill or puking or doing whatever. Right. So I think for me, like 
that is my push, right? And then I'll say, okay, you know what? They're out partying now. I'm going to go for a run. It's 4 a.m. You know, and then you do it. So, Wow. Okay. So you're leading up to the four, hashtag 420 and you're, yeah. no, you're nowhere near that kind of stuff. So what, what kind of prep, what kind of mind prep were you doing for this fight? Because this is your first professional Yeah. So, you know, we do, we do a lot of, uh, Maz, my coach again, has a good background in sports psychology. So we, you know, develop goals, develop affirmations and, and we knew who we were fighting. Okay. And we knew chances are there's going to be a lot of similarities because he didn't really change too much between the first fight and the second fight. Okay. So you know, a lot of it was getting my feet wet, you know, and, yeah. and seeing what these smaller gloves are like. And Oh, yeah. What, and what is the ounce? Rounds. They're eight ounces. They're eight ounces, okay. Because we're under 140, whatever. Yeah, you, so you're a, you're a bantam or a super featherweight, is that correct? Super bantamweight, super bantamweight or junior right. featherweight okay, or yeah. whatever. There's so many. <laughs> so many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so okay. basically I'll fight between 122 and 126. Wow. Um, 130 if I have to. Um, so, yeah. Make so, no mistake, listeners and viewers, this is a powerful... An extremely <laughs> fast, strong, and powerful 130 right in front of me. This this guy is yeah. a, he's a machine. A whopping five foot four. Yeah, dude, I, <laughs> I do it all the time. I'm five eight. I'm 155, and whenever we're getting ready, say I'm going to roll with a, you know, like a 200 pounder or 180 yeah. pounder. I'm like, oh buddy, here comes 155. Here it yeah. comes. But the cannonball's coming. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we uh, you know we did we did all the prep, and I think going into the fight, you know, it's a little bit stressful. It's your first like real professional fight so i mean there's anxiety there it makes you tired and well do danforth music hall too i mean you're, you're it's not a tiny you're looking at 1500 seats or whatever right like that maybe 2000 seats even, yeah like if you if you really yeah. stack it so plus balcony so you know there's that pressure of the show and you know what i give the promoter a lot of credit like lee baxter who's the promoter on that show he promoted both my shows and and he sold that place out you yeah, know, and and it was phenomenal. The show went off without a hitch. You know, my performance was good, which is even better. Awesome. Um, but I mean, like, it was it was one of those times when I walked to the ring. I actually like had to close my eyes and be like, I'm walking into my own ring. Like, this is the Bay Area Athletic Club ring. Okay. Because I had to I had to completely remove myself, and that's why you saw in the first round, like it was it was a lot closer than it probably should have been. Right. You know, and it was it was getting my feet wet, seeing the new gloves this, that, and the other thing. So for me, like the fight kind of did this, like it went up, um, the trajectory of the fight went up, I guess. But the, uh, it was funny because after the fight, I was like, okay, we got to debrief this now. And so like two days later we debriefed and made new goals and knowing that there might be something close coming up. So I love it. You, the, 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 that mind already kicks in when it's over. You're like, nope, no rest for the wicked. Here we go. Like, what? Okay, let's watch the tape. Let's get this. Let's get that. Let's, yeah, let's you know, yeah. get a strategy. Yeah, let's... we needed a couple of days to kind of decompress. So that was sure. why it was like two or three days after. Okay. Um, but you know, Maz again, like, put this, like, if you win a fight, you're running 10K in the morning, you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we have goals, like, clear cut goals. Yeah. But then, you know, when you turn pro, I think there was, there's now expectations. Absolutely. And I mean, it, and I think there, I, you know, we can argue there's a timeline. So it's like you want to capitalize, yeah. make hay, yeah. right? No, and, and I gave myself like a very realistic timeline. Like if we're not here at this point in life, then maybe it's time to pack it in. Okay. You yeah. Know, and, Nothing and wrong th with that, man. That's it. Well, and I think that the benefit of that is, is that, and it's, it's almost a, a bit of a blessing that I waited till a little bit longer to turn pro is that like, you know, I know my why, you know, and my why is like, you know, my fiance and I want to get married, you know, and she like, she's so much motivation for me. Right. Cause I know what she wants. She's in school full time. And, uh, she, it's funny with her because she, she's so supportive of the fight career. You know, she's like, go do it. That's huge. 
And I'm like, I think that's oh. honestly the most important thing a fighter could have is having someone like that on their side supporting it because I can yeah. only imagine how many people don't support it. Oh yeah, and, and, and all, that and all the change. bullshit that comes that, with it too. Yeah, like, that would have to change your brain. You know what I mean? If if you didn't, yeah, yeah. cranky yeah. dieting yeah. and you know training at all hours. Why are you doing that? Why do you hurt yourself? Yeah, no questions asked. No, that's that's a humongous benefit. And, and ask the right question. Yeah, yeah, sure. She yeah. asks the right questions naturally. Okay. How was your sparring session? You know, how was your session today? Hmm. You know. Did you work hard enough? You know, like, like she knows she gets it. Oh, dude, you got a good one. Good for you. Yeah. The best one. So let's talk a little bit. Okay. I want to go back, back in time to the Pan Am's amateur, uh, kickboxing where you got yeah. silver. Yeah. So that was the first silver and decision. First Pan Am's that I ever did. How old were you at that time? Uh, good question. It was in Brazil. So usually I can go by country. So I think it was 2000 and 2018 is the junior world. So it'll be a Pan Am year. It's probably 2002. Okay. I think I was about 22. I was either 20 or 22. Okay. Um, and I heard you were like, this was, I mean, it's weather very, we're having very interesting weather right now with this humidity and this heat and you're getting heat waves just like that down there. And you were, yeah. and you were just telling me you were fighting outside. Yeah. So they had this like <laughs> soccer facility with no walls, right? So there was a roof and I'm assuming that was just for rain, but the walls were completely wide open. Okay. So we show up to the venue. Like reverse Coliseum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and internationally, sometimes you get different rules. At, in different organizations. Mm -hmm. So usually the rule is you can only fight once per day. Okay. So the whole tournament was supposed to go over like four days. Okay. So we did all of our fights in one day. <laughs> so I had three fights. <laughs> so how many rounds would that be total? Is that... Uh, nine rounds. Yeah, nine rounds. And we didn't warm up because it was so, so freaking hot. hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that, that was the big thing was like people were exhausted. We were like, you know, we had a runner going out for water every... 20 minutes. I, I read that uh, Maz, your, your, your coach, I, I, re he, I think he said something like it wasn't uncommon for someone to lose like five pounds within the first like f first or second fight. Oh, I have no idea, man. Probably. Because like you're just, <clears throat> yeah, it's 30 plus humidity, probably 40. You're yeah. just like pouring. You're like a faucet. Like, wow, man, that is insane. Yeah, it was cool. And and I think my first fight was actually my toughest. I fought oh, yeah. this guy. So I moved up weight classes for this one too. Because, I read that too. Yeah, yeah. So they do this thing called at the World Games. Um, at the time, it was the World Combat Games, which is, I guess, the equivalent to the Olympics for kickboxing. So my weight class was a qualifying weight class. Or wasn't. And then I moved up to 141. Okay. So it was funny because... Like, going into it, you're like, okay, I can walk on the scale and it's no problem. And then you get face-to-face -face with your opponent and you're like, holy moly, you're story, big. <laughs> story of my jiu-jitsu life. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, you know what it's all about. And I think the funny thing was, was that, so the first guy I fought was this killer John C. Lindor from the States. And uh, explosive, strong, fast, smart, had it all. I'm glad it was my first fight because if it was my third fight, I, was, I would be way more tired. Okay. And so the goal was, is because he was so powerful, like hit him between his punches and then get the hell out of the way. And, you know, thank God it worked. <laughs> so that was, that was game plan A. Well, he said tactics, right? That's yeah. That's great. Yeah. And, and that was always my style. Like I, I'm not afraid to get hit, but I'm also not going to do it. Like I'm not going to be stupid and stand in there and get teed off on by a guy that's, you know, naturally 10 pounds heavier than me. And that man, that's that going into it is already you're already meant that you're in a different country. It's um you're you basically feel like you're standing beside the sun, um and you've gone up weight yeah. classes. Yeah. And you know at that point you're you know you're looking at an opponent that probably just feels forty pounds heavier because at that point you're like holy shit like the mental yeah. man that's yeah. huge. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's all about goal setting, man. It's, that's what we do. We do a gets, lot of mental prep. Then. And you get down to your, uh, you did three fights, right? Yeah. So and we, the first one went well. Second one, I fought Chile. Um, another good fight, easier fight. Um, and then I get to the finals and I fight Brazil. So the funny thing was, was he got the bye because he's the hometown boy and that's mm -hmm. what they do in kickboxing. So mm -hmm. if you're from the representing country at that time, anyways, now they put you into a pool and it spits you out. Okay. Um, so he's sitting down watching my fight. Right. And then they're like, okay, you'll be up in a half an hour. I say, excuse me. <laughs> What'd you say? The sun is literally beside me and I'm dying. Yeah. Okay. And so <laughs> Maz is like, get some Gatorade and you get some water yeah. stretch. So we didn't even warm up. Like wow. literally I went from sitting down, mm -hmm. stand up, did the fight. And it was close. It was really close. And, uh, you know, you know, people say you won or he won or whatever. And that's not, I mean, I did my job. Yep. I fought, I yeah. fought as hard as I could and, uh, he got the qualifying spot. So congratulations to him. But it was such a crazy experience. I think, I think it was actually better than fighting three times over three days because you don't, you don't have time to get nervous. You do your no, first fight dude, yeah, and then it's like, sure. sit down, drink water and you're up again in 20 minutes. Yeah. There's <laughs> something, there is something to be said about the way it went down because I mean like, yeah, yeah. you just like, it's, it's just like, okay, I'm here. Let's do this. Fine. Let's just do it. Totally. Yeah. Let's just do it. Like, yeah. fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. And yeah, man. I mean, and we're there to fight. I mean, like yeah. the, the other thing is, is that like, we know like, or I know that like, this is what I meant to do. Mm -hmm. You know, my whole life has kind of come down to, you know, you're a fighter. And, yeah. uh, or I'm a fighter. And, uh, so when we're there, like, it's not, I'm not thinking about not fighting. Like I know I'm fighting. It's do I fight two or three times today? Right. You know? And so when I find when people get nervous to fight, like, Oh, do I have to fight today? They're not necessarily fully prepared. Like mm -hmm. they might still be fighters in their heart or whatever, but they might not be prepared. Right. Right. So, well, yeah. speaking of being prepared, so, I mean, you, you strike me, I'm just knowing you from the gym and, yeah. um, it seems like you're, you're kind of always training. Yeah. Do you do, um, is there an extra regiment you throw in when you know you got a fight coming up? Is there like a, is it a, okay, at week, we're four weeks out, do you start something or is there anything like that? Yeah. Like, does so the regiment start to kick in? The goal is to be in shape all do? the time. Sure. Um, we get that four week or six week or eight week notice and then mm -hmm. we kind of plan our base period and, and peaking period. And, and so. What's a day for you in the, in those like pre-fight um, weeks leading up, like what's a day training for you? Like, or like a, you know, a few days, like lay it out for us, man. I want to hear it. I want to hear what you put yourself through. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of it depends on where we are in the cycle, okay. but usually it's, you know, run in the morning okay. or. How far do you run? Uh, it depends. Yeah. Yeah. Usually I'll just do time. Okay. Excuse me. I'm a treadmill guy. Okay. Um, so my knees hurt when I run outside. Like I said, 27 going on 50. My yeah, joints yeah. suck. Um, so I'll run on the treadmill and I'll do hills at, you know, certain levels, right? So I'll change the speed depending on whatever day it is. Mm -hmm. um, but it's all regimented. Like Maz will literally be like, today it's 5.5, tomorrow it's nine, you know, and just do it. And so for me, it's great because I just plug it in and away I go. So run in the morning, do a boxing workout early afternoon, conditioning at night, um, or I'll sort of switch. And then sparring days, usually I'll spar earlier if I can, and then I'll do a run at night. So Wow. So, and we just really started introducing sparring, like heavy sparring this year. Okay. So that was the other funny thing was when I fought Fayez the first two times, the first time we, I think I sparred twice. And then the, the second time I didn't spar at all. So like I basically went in those dry, hmm. which is cool. I mean, you know, at, at that level, you don't necessarily need to spar super heavy. You know, you don't need to see, you know, you don't need wars in the gym. 
That's know. true. I, um, uh, Faraz uh, is a hobby. Alex's brother. He talks yeah. he talks a lot about like that that flow training. Yeah, where it's the, the light, you know, the flow light training where you don't necessarily you don't necessarily need the battleground because yeah. that, also, memory, that also man. could be detrimental in that you could get hurt or you could. Yeah, yeah. The, I would say like eighty percent, ninety percent of injuries happen in the gym. Like there's there's that MMA card this weekend that we have. Uh, oh uh, yeah, yeah, Adam on and uh cody on that's in burlington right at the central arena central arena yeah, yeah. and so we have we have two guys on it mm-hmm. and uh it's the same thing like there's two fights that were canceled i think because injuries in the gym no way really you know and it's like how hard are you guys drilling you yeah. know or is it overwork i mean these mma guys train like monsters oh they sure you know? do man so. yeah they they it's it's totally different you yeah. know it's like you're wrestling and doing jujitsu and like you know from jujitsu training how hard that is alone well i mean yeah and i'm i'm a, I'm a hobbyist in that like you know, if, if I'm out there three times a week, two times a week, that's high for me. Whereas yeah. these guys who are, who are, fi- who are training, these guys who are competing, they're there two a days, five days, six days a week. So it's like, yeah, that is insane to me. Well, I mean, yeah. I also have congenital heart disease. I was born with it. I yeah. had heart surgery when I was a baby. So I have a different, um, I have a different sort of outlook and outcome and I, I just have a different way of, of, of living and enjoying the sport because I have to. I mean, totally, yeah. It's detrimental in some yeah. ways to, you know, if I don't break, if I don't take a break, if I don't listen to my body and I recover sl- much slower because of my pulmonary valve, there's just nothing I... I th- it's not that there's nothing I can do training and being athletic is everything I can do to make it better, but there's just nothing I can do it to a certain point. Whereas like, um, yeah, my recovery and my oxygen intake and all that, it's just, it's different. It's different. Yeah. So I do what I can with my problem, but there's guys and there's women and that, that train, I can't believe it. I'm so impressed and I'm so, and I'm also in envy and in awe of the fact, man, I wish my body worked like that and I could train like that. Well, and it's nothing that you can change, right? I mean, no, unless, yeah, unless there's a, you know, I I could get a, I could get surgery for the valve, but then I'd be on blood thinners the rest of my life. And that would just be even probably more threatening in that fact that like, if we can keep it natural, yeah. yeah, if I get hit, if you can keep it natural, keep it natural as much as you can, as long as you can is what the docs say. But yeah. But yeah, these, these MMA guys, they, the guys and gals, they, they, man, they put their bodies through it. And they so. take it like, I mean, they, they take it seriously cause it's a, their job, but they love it, you know? And, oh, they love and, it. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I would argue one thing and it's funny cause you see a lot of, a lot of the, the changeover in MMA and that's like, just because you do MMA doesn't make you a martial artist. Yeah, sure. Okay. You know? I, yeah. Especially, I mean, when it comes down to discipline too, there's a lot of, uh, and I think a lot of it is a lifestyle. Yeah, okay. You know, I think a lot of it is like you see a lot of these guys making mistakes and, you know, partying and and not being respectful to their to themselves or to other people. And so I mean, like even if you watch the UFC, I mean, there's guys out there that are, you know, real characters. And uh you mean throwing a dolly into a tour bus and then injuring two other fighters? Is yeah, that, is I that mean, kind like, of characters we're talking about? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, like I I watch those things and I'm like like a, how cool do you want to look on TV or B like, there's something seriously wrong with what's going on today. Like, yeah. I mean, there's always two schools of thought Ross and that like, there's the entertainment side of it, which yeah. sells tickets and sells people and it gets yeah. people excited. But then there's exactly what you're talking about, which is the discipline, the art, the respect, the yeah. sportsmanship. Yeah, of course. And, and I mean, I would never sell my soul to sell a ticket. You know, I think, I think that's that that's a, that's on record, buddy. Yeah. I'm replaying this shit 10 years ago. If you ever, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, you'll never see me on a beer ad or anything like that because okay. it's not, that's not who I am. Okay. You know, and, and I cool. think that that's, you know, I don't think a lot of people do that, you know, and the, the people that I, I do see that in are the people that we work with. Right. You know, and that's, it's, it's cool because it's, it's become a culture at the gym to live that, you know, that 
true martial artist lifestyle, whether you're boxing or kickboxing or doing MMA or just trying the gym out, mm-hmm. you know I mean? Like everybody at the gym helps each other out. Like I watch, even in your classes, it's the same thing. Like when we have adults, we had a young man come yesterday, first class, you know, I paired him up with another guy that's been doing it for forever. And they literally were like chatting the whole class about, oh, this is how you do this. And this is how you do that. And A, it makes my life easier as an instructor. But B, I'm like, okay, we have this like awesome community at back, you know? Oh yeah. Because they're, they're, everybody is helping each other out. You know, mm-hmm. nobody, nobody feels threatened in those classes. Like I yeah. mean, you've watched them, right? I mean, totally. It's not like anybody's going to try to rip your head off. You know, they don't even hit each other 99% of the time. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's cool. But I mean, like we, when we talk about the martial arts lifestyle at the gym with the kids, like that's what we want. And then, you know, we will get these questions, you know? So it's funny. We have like a, a 13 year old young man that comes into the gym and he's like, same thing. Do you see? Do you see Connor threw that dolly through the bus? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, he does MMA. Like, is that not like what the hell? I'm like, dude, I don't know. I can't speak for him, but I mean, that's not something that we would want sure. to empo- empower our children with. And I, oh yeah. And I think that for me, like the way that I look at it is, I'm like, does he not think that? Not think that there's 13 year olds watching him wanting to be like that? Yeah. You know, it, everything we do has a consequence. You know, and oh, absolutely. And we're talking about consequence. And like, you know, what I want to know is Coach Kavanaugh. Do you know much about John Kavanaugh, um, McGregor's coach? No. So his book is amazing. Um, and uh, it's called uh, Winner Learn. And I want to know what his take have we, has anyone heard his take yet? I want to know his take on the whole dolly throwing to the bus because I don't know. He's yeah. the first guy, if you read in his book, he's got this great story about how Connor, Connor came to his gym for the first time and he was a bit of a, obviously, he was a, you know, a, a bit of a, a I don't know. I don't want to say machismo because, but he, you know, he was the, he was cocky and he was energetic and he came in yeah. and he was fighting everybody in the gym and he ended up, um, he ended up getting an altercation with one of the, one of his mate, one of the Kavanaugh's like a uh, long time, like, uh, training mates. And then, uh, coach Kavanaugh had enough. He said, okay, Connor, my turn. And then he, he knocked Connor on the ground and put him down and he says, yeah, we don't do that shit here. Yeah. Like we're partners, we're family, we're friends. You don't do yeah. that. And then there's another scenario where, um, you know, Connor was late on rent uh, or late on, uh, gym, on gym, gym membership fees. And he wasn't showing up to the gym and John, uh, Kavanaugh knew something was going on. And then he got a phone call from Connor's mom and his mom said, can you please come over? Like no one can get him out of his room. And John ends up going over and long story boring. He ends up consoling, you know, Connor and saying, yeah. okay, we're, it starts now again, starts now. Like yeah. if you want to do this, let's do this. So yeah. I'd be curious to see, to hear, uh, Kavanaugh's, uh, take on the, um, yeah, I don't know. On man. the whole, uh, the whole uh, Dolly incident, <laughs> and he was just in court. Um, Greg McGregor was just in court, was he not? Or he was I actually do my best to avoid all news of this sort because I mean, yeah, I don't blame you, man. You know, it's just it, it's hard to watch maybe as a boxer because, like, as a boxer, you know, you see you see boxers do you know some dumb stuff, but I mean, it's almost turning the UFC into WWE. Right, right, sure. Which, which isn't isn't necessarily a bad thing in terms of media sales because I mean they'll sell out the yin yang for that kind of thing. But I think the challenge that I have with it is is that like, you know, and and you might be able to agree with me on this one is that like we both know MMA guys that are trying to make that stage, and you know they they're now looking at it like, well, do I really want to fight for these guys like when right. this kind of thing's going on? Right. You know, because there there's. They they essentially have a no- monopoly other than Bellator, right? And and so, right. Uh, what's your option? Yeah, are you striving for? Yeah, and I, I and I, I mean, the, there's always the. 
I, you know, I, I still do. I will say, and I'm, I do enjoy watching Connor's fight, and I watch his fights, and I, I enjoy watching him. Totally, fight. he's entertaining. He's and he and he's skilled. And um, but you know, on the flip side, there's there's the fighters like Mighty Mouse and stuff who are extremely respectful and extremely just focused. Look on... Look how much media he gets. You know, what's he doing now? Yeah, I know. You know, and, and know. That, that's a guy that. And you can also argue that about career, right? You're like, yeah. who's who's making the. Who's making the safety career when totally. they're 30, they can retire. Whereas like, yeah. I, I don't know, like what's, yeah. You, do we all need to just go start throwing dollies onto tour buses so we can retire? Yeah. <laughs> Probably yeah. not, but. Uh, you know, yeah. I heard, a, I heard an interesting theory on how he made X amount of dollars. I don't remember if it was like a hundred million or whatever. Connor or Money Moose? Connor. Connor, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, he's just doing what he wants because he has a hundred million dollars. Right. Well, step away. You know, like, well, like, why are you still trying to be. Like you're you're clearly not fighting, so what's your what's your motive in being involved with the UFC? Hmm. Like, are you trying to build a comeback? Like, what are you trying to do? And and you know it's funny because he was probably the first guy that I ever watched hmm. that people wanted Mayweather to beat. Like right. everybody always watched Mayweather and they're like, we want this guy to lose, right? You know. And I I always loved Floyd Mayweather. You know mm -hmm. that was where me and Matt sort of disagreed. He's like, oh okay. Well, Maz is like, well look at him. He's not a good example. He's not this and that. And I'm like, but he's so. Talented. Oh, like lifestyle. I mean, not a good example. Okay. Yeah. Again, you. same thing, right? Yeah, and yeah, I mean, yeah. I was a little bit younger when I started watching him, so it didn't okay. really mean as much to me as it does now. Very interesting that Maz caught onto that though, because that's a cool point in that like he's looking at a young fellow like yourself and a little bit worried at maybe the lifestyle, not necessarily the boxing, but the lifestyle. You totally. might you might yeah. see that, and you know. You might see you know, you see the ring and you see the fighting and yeah. all that, but you're also seeing the the lifestyle and he yeah. and he knows Maz knows that it could be long term uh, damage potentially. I guess. Oh, right? Maz has saved me countless times from especially growing up. Like yeah. knowing the guy for as long as I have, he's seen me get in with like the wrong crowds and you know. Well, it, let, it, let's talk a little about Maz because I mean. And because I mean, he's a historic kickboxer in his own right. Yeah. He's extremely decorated, extremely yeah. incredible. And then now he's he's like a you know he's like a a, a much older giant brother to you. Totally. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah we are we're family. Yeah. Your yeah. your coach, your your guidance, your 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 guiding light in this whole journey. So yeah. Um, what's it like training with a guy like that and work like it, it's it's cool actually. It's really neat. We like we have this bond, and it's funny because. We had a photographer join us for one of our, our training sessions, and he was in awe because he and – and it wasn't even the material that we were doing. He's like, you guys barely talk to each other. Like, it's all just – we know each other so well. We, I know right. where his hands are going to be. We could do pads with our eyes closed, you know? And, and I mean, it, the, the sad thing with Maz is that it, he wants to do all of these things, and one of two things happens. One, people will either take advantage of it, or two, his body can't hold up to what he actually wants to do. I mean, he's got, he's had like four surgeries in his shoulders. He's had his knees worked on. He's got bone spurs in his elbow. He's got yeah. He got, a, he got he got riddled with a bunch of problems, right? Totally. Like later on, and then it, it, it definitely even like handicapped him, right? Oh, was it early on? Okay. So yeah. the the Maz has like literally lived uh, a life of like overcoming everything. Yeah. And uh, he had um, uh, good pasture syndrome. Hmm. which you actually need like chemotherapy for. Oh, really? Um, so really? essentially he said the way that he taught me about it was essentially it's like AIDS and uh, cancer yeah, together. Yeah, that's right. It, 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 they call it GPS. Good pasture syndrome is a rare autoimmune disease in which antibodies attack the basement membrane in the lungs and kidneys, leading to bleeding from the lungs and kidney failure. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my. And God. this is when he was younger, right? I mean, so he's totally overcome that. Holy shit! Oh, and he over he overcame it too. Yeah. Wow. Chemo did this and that, and did what he had to do. So this is before my time, right? So I don't know too much about that. How old was he? Do you, do you know roughly how old he was when he was fighting this? Early thirties, I think, because I think he just had his first kid. First okay. of three. Wow. So. Wow, man. Yeah. I love hearing shit like that. Like people just like the fight of their lives. Oh, he's a warrior. Yeah. And you know what? It was he's funny. A, he's, a, he's like a literal warrior, but also a warrior. Yeah, like, totally. In and all he, many, I mean, he, he made it his mission to fight again. Like he fought, I mean, he had an outstanding career after that. Wow. You know, so for me, it's like, okay, this is great. Like this is, this is the guy that's my inspiration, like can overcome all that stuff. Plus, I mean, I have you know, support of the other guys on the team. But I mean, as him, as my head, it's, yeah. it's great because I'm like, you know, he can overcome everything. He can, he can talk me in and out of situations like that. You know, it's, it's like, it, he, it was funny. We always joked how he had a fight with pneumonia once in South Africa. And, uh, and he's like, Oh, I, you know, you can fight. I had pneumonia. You'll be fine. Right. <laughs> So it was great until I fought with pneumonia. <laughs> and then uh, I fought and won in Welland. And uh, it was funny because they were like, so I came back and I'm like, so now we've both fought with pneumonia? Now what? <laughs> now, it's, now it's the story. So, I mean, okay, so here's the cool part. So you've got this mentor who's just been through just the, the plague. There's yeah. just so many ailments and... Um, what a great guy to look up to who just keeps yeah. persevering. So obviously that plays in the, in the person that you are too. Yeah. And I think, I think the other thing that we have is that like, I know he would do anything for me, you know, like I never would question his intent behind right. anything. And I think that that's a lot of things that you see gym hoppers lack is that they don't, and, and you know, in, in the boxing community and MMA community, you see people that, you know, they fight, they're doing great. They stay with a coach, then they lose. And then all of a sudden, it's everybody else's fault except for their own. And that's kind of what we talked about with excuses before. Right, right. And, you know, it, it's with him and me, it's like if we lose, we debrief it just like we debrief a win. You know, okay. we, we break it down like scientifically. Like, what did, you, what did you eat before? You know, what were you thinking? You know, so when I fought in my second Pan Ams in Mexico a couple of years back, I lost in the finals again. And we figured out it was because I had this moment of anger before my fight that, you know, I yelled at this lady because she woke me up out of a dead sleep before my fight, which I always do. I always sleep before my fight. She goes, you need to get up. My grandson hurt his knee. And I'm like, what? And I like looked over and there's like 15 chairs beside me, but she wanted him to sit in that seat. Right. And so, you know, like you say, long story boring. It's, it was one of those things that we, I got to the ring and I was so anxious with anger that when I fought, like I had two amazing rounds and then in the third round, like it was tit for tat when it shouldn't have been, hmm. you know, and it was because I was angry. Wow. You know, and, and so he knows me so well that he knew I was angry before I even got to the Right. Point. Yeah. He's like, something's off. What's going on? And that's like a, such a sign of a, of a, of a great coach and a great mentor. It's just like, they yeah. just, they, they know you. Yeah. And he, again, he was a martial artist coming up as well. Yeah. He did karate and, you know. He fought Billy Blanks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think one of those three fights is on YouTube, actually. Oh, we should check that out. So, yeah. <laughs> Dude. Um, wow. I'm, uh, I'm just stoked you, you came, man. Like, cause I'm, and I'm still getting to know you as now that I've been training at Burlington BJJ and you know, kept running into you and yeah, yeah. saw the old school tattoos and I knew we had, yeah. you know. Sorry, we had, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> we had, knew we had some things in common and it turns out we, we know... Um, some similar friends from, cause you're, you're from Oakville. Yeah. 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 And, uh, 
my mother was born in Oakville, actually, but um, I had a lot of friends growing up in the music uh, in the music world when long before I was into any of the fighting stuff and the boxing and the, yeah, the MMA stuff. Totally. But, uh, well, it's cool too, even talking with guys like you at the gym, or or like you know chatting with Maz or a lot of people that work there, because it was funny. We for years and years and years, like I always, I mean, being young, you look at people and see where they're at, you know, and and you know, young this is good for young amateurs as well that, you know, whether it's in jujitsu or, or boxing or, or anything, they look at people and they say, wow, they're there. So I should act like them to get there. And then it was actually just this year that, that I realized that there's this, a bit of a timeline. So you're young, you're in point A and point B is where you want to get to. Right. And so for a lot of the time, it's funny. Cause I look at guys like you, amazing music career, you have a podcast going on, Thanks, man. you know, you. um, you know, a lot of cool people, you know, your wife's doing amazing things as well. And so you look at that at a surface level and it's like, okay, these guys are doing amazing. How did they get there? Well, I I should, I should copy them as much as possible to get there, you know? And, and what I didn't realize was that this middle grind is actually just a grind. You know, it's, it's hitting the pavement, it's training, it's making mistakes. It's not worrying about it. And it's funny because Alicia, my fiance, showed me a video on uh, that Gary Vaynerchuk guy. Uh, he's like a motivational speaker. Okay, yeah, um, I, I think I know that name. And he and he's a tough love kind of guy, and 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 I kind of like that. Like he's um he's like a nobody gives a shit about you kind of thing. You got to do it on your own. And and <laughs> I guess to a certain extent that's true, and I think it's good for people to hear. But I don't necessarily think it's right for people to copy that. You know, and so what it was was always inspiring for me to watch you guys, like you or Enoch, who runs our our um, osteopathy and athletic therapy at the front. I think he's actually in school for osteopathy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you guys are doing amazing things, you know. And and so for me, when I get stuck in my regular grind, as boring as it seems to me, like I just have to keep my head down and say, like these guys are grinding too. Like I got to grind. And like Maz, Maz is the same thing. Like he, that guy has. 25 things on the go all the time oh yeah i bet you know you can like, just look at them and you know like the wheels are turning the the, poli- oh the pulleys are moving the fluids are going it's just like it's and a it, constant you know? and it's not all selfish that's that's again what i love about it is that like you know he wants to do charity work in south africa because we fought there so many times you know maybe doing a school or you know something like that or you know he's managing me you know that's mm-hmm. That's hard, man. Managing a pro athlete's hard, you know, let alone managing three. Yeah, and running a gym. And running a gym. And I think and he's renovating his house right now. Renovating a <laughs> house, like, like, and having kids yep. and, you know, a wife. And yeah, you just, you just start stacking it up and you start to realize. So like, for me, it's great because when I watch you guys, I'm like, okay, I just got to keep my head down and work, you know? And, and so, yeah, it was funny when Alicia showed me that video because I'm like, okay, well, if you act like that guy it's not going to be the same as if he acts like that guy. Um, going back, referring back to that Gary guy, sure. because yeah. Alicia is probably the kindest person I've ever met in my life. Like she doesn't, she doesn't even know how to swear properly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like nice. she can't put two curse words together if it's right. to save her life, but like genuinely so kind. And, uh, and it's funny because I watch those videos and I see people trying to emulate it. But what I want to tell them is like, just do that but be you doing that. sure you know what i mean and and that's what i see you guys doing like right. you, like you're not telling me nobody gives a shit about me you're like oh you're not as boring as you think you are <laughs> Dude, <you're> f- <laughs> i'm sorry you're far from it yeah ross for the listeners and viewers just so you guys know ross was ross was a little bit um 
No, I wouldn't say on the fence. You were excited about doing the podcast, but you totally, thought, you yeah. thought f- to yourself, oh, I don't think I'm that entertaining. And I've had a couple of people say that to me, and I'm like, trust me, you are entertaining. And yeah. also, trust me, like the... <laughs> I didn't even realize what I was getting into when I started doing just some little more, just a, honestly, a, uh, you know, it was a, it was a couple of searches and, you know, just a few minutes of, um, of research on you. And it was just like, I, I just, there was, there's actually more than I could fit really. Um, yeah. this is actually so far going to be the longest podcast I've ever done. And I'm actually excited because it's someone who, whom I respect and now getting no, to know and no, nah, dude, yeah. it's, it's, um, I have a I have this like thing with fighters and now learning about about um, mixed martial arts and, and training jujitsu and um, you know training with other people and, and with athletes who even compete and stuff. I just have this like uh, this love and this um, this excitement about athletes that it just it totally um, excites me and it, I'm so fascinated by uh, just the severe like the passion you guys have and what you put yourselves through to get there. Yeah, because I I've been you know I've been on the other side of it. Uh, and film, TV, music, all these other things, and you know, on that side of the passion, the drive, and the go, go, go. But the body, the physical body, um, you know, like just madness you can put yourself through. I have so much respect for it. I, you know, I just admire it, and I think it's it's incredible. But I think I think that's part of it. I think you have to love that. Oh yeah, you're right. You know, you'd I, have to love beating the crap out of yourself to yeah, enjoy I, beating you know the I, crap out of other people. I think <laughs> that again comes from like either you're born with that or you learn it. Or you don't have it at all. Yeah. You know, and I, you can see it in any scenario. Like at some point, like talking about that grind, you just have to do it. You have to go as hard as you can. And you can't be afraid to fall off the treadmill or any of that stuff. And, you know, I, I heard a good um, podcast about, um, I think it was Tony Robbins. And he said, you know, the big difference between you and I is that I'm not afraid to die on a treadmill. And so I, you keep listening and you're like, what the hell is he talking about? Like, why would he die on a treadmill? And he's like, you're getting off first or I'm going to die trying. And, and just to listen to that, you're like, holy crap. Like, yeah, that's how I am too. Like, <laughs> I, like I'm not afraid. Like, I'm not afraid to look silly working my ass off. You know, like I'm, and Maz is the same, you know? And, and I think again, like that's another pedigree that I get from him. hundred percent. You know, we're the only guys in LA fitness that show up wearing runners two layers of pants, a windbreaker and doing sprints on a treadmill. Yeah. You know, people are looking at you like, what the hell are you doing? You know? And that's what it takes. But do you have to do that? No, it's just, I'm sure there are are equally as good a ways to get to the same destination. But I can tell you that mentally wearing a windbreaker in 30 degree weather, like yesterday when we were training windbreaker pants, 30 (laughs) degrees, you know, your, your mind will overcome the heat you know, or you'll break. So I don't know that you so you say, are there other ways? I don't know. Cause I feel like what you're doing, I watch, especially the second fight, which I think people, I mean, both fights, the Danforth fight and the Cruz fight, the people have to definitely, I mean, they can, it's probably pretty simple on YouTube. You can just search Ross Box, Milet. Yeah. Ross Milet or Boxcaster. Boxcaster. Okay. Who shot it, yeah. Cause you got to watch Ross. Everyone, I, I just, you got to watch him because dude, <laughs> I'm thinking about you in, in the, in the sweatsuit in the windbreaker in the 30 degrees and I'm thinking about how you move in the ring and I feel like you wouldn't move that way if it wasn't for the sweats you know what I mean like yeah I, I yeah. really do think you're definitely a product of your environment yeah man and saying. I think that makes sense like to be to be 2-0 and um, especially that I really again I just I really enjoyed the second fight I really enjoyed watching your movements I watched I just enjoyed honestly man dominating because oh, I you, really yeah. believe you were dominating yeah. and uh, even catching him with a couple of hooks and like I just your performance was that of a guy. I watched that and I go, 
Yeah, that guy definitely runs on a treadmill in a sweatsuit and you know, beats the crowd. He, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like watching a great jiu-jitsu tournament yeah. on EBI or anything like that. You watch these guys and it's like, yep, okay, that makes sense. Like, Yeah, but I don't think it's a magic pill either. Like, I don't think I, that. And that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's magic either. Like, yeah. I think it's the op- exact opposite of that. I think, you know, it's it's someone, you say to me, I'm watching you perform and go, oh, you know that guy, he trains, uh, tw- he does two or three a days. He runs in the morning, runs at night and trains in the middle and he trains, you know, 30 days straight before a fight. I go, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 100%. But I think too, it's the recipe, right? It's how we do it. And right. I think a lot of it is mental, you know? Yeah. And, you know, with with the team that I have, like it's really hard to be in a negative mental attitude, you know, like which can kill you. Like, like you said, it killed your fight. Yeah, the and anger and yeah, yeah, in Mexico for sure. And yeah. and you know what? But like, we are essentially PMA all the time, positive mental attitude. Nice, yeah, you know, I know. We, uh, I'm well aware of uh, we, uh, of the PMA. <laughs> yeah, and and you know what? It's funny because we like it's not always it's not it it's not positive to a cheesy extent. It's positive that we're having a good time. Sure. Like in the locker room, we were just hanging out and talking about the food we're gonna eat after. You know, 20 minutes nice. comes beforehand when we start warming up and it's game time. And then literally we walk out of the ring and we're like, okay, you hungry? <laughs> so, I mean, we, we share the the food love as well as the fight love. Amazing. Sure. So. Well, keeping it PMA. All right, well, Ross, I'm going to do the final segment. It's just called The Shit I'm Into. Sure. Yeah. I do this with uh, every guest I have on. I just talk about shit I'm into. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, just before we got together to do the cast, I was at the gym doing some squats, doing some deadlifts. Um doing a little bit of bench press. I was doing just a little bit of high interval uh, running to get the heart rate going. In a sweatsuit? And that, not in a sweatsuit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I, I do something that I really have been enjoying immensely lately, and I go to the sauna after. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of sauna. And I've been reading about the benefits of sauna, and um, it's just, it's definitely, I'm, I'm doing it kind of daily now, or um, great, yeah, yeah. every other day, and I'm really enjoying the sauna. So that's the shit I'm into today. That's Ross, cool. what's the shit you're into? Oh man, that's a good question. I think uh, I I think what I'm into is living a simple lifestyle, you know, and not getting caught up in being a cool guy, you know. And I, I think look the, at that hat. That's a cool hat, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> you are a cool guy. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it, it's that mentality, you know. I don't uh, I don't feel the need to want to be cool, mm. you know. And I I think that that is why I'm sort of happy being where I'm at. You know, I mean, there's always going to be somebody, if you're in column A, that's saying you should do column B, right? But I just kind of keep my head down and and do my thing and, you know, live live life to the way that I want to live it, you know? And I have the, I have amazing guidance from people like we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're working with some of the best. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, for me, like, just keep it simple. Like when I even dieting, like just keep it simple, do what I have to do, keep grinding and, you know, and I, I think keeping it simple with all aspects of life, you know, mm-hmm. communication, you know, big one, nice. simple communication. Don't dilly dally. Just, you know, say how you feel. And if it's upset, that's cool, you know, and we'll work it out. So. Speaking of dieting, uh, just before we, we wrap it up, I just had a yeah. quick question. Um, do you change your, di- does your diet shift from when you're, but you know, you're pre-fight or does you, you just, are you just a consistent, like kind of clean eating guy and then, or do you have to change a few things up to make weight or do you, I mean, you're, you're a lean fella, you're in great shape. It doesn't seem to me, it doesn't strike me as someone that's hard to catch weight. Yeah. I float pretty close to fight weight. Okay. Um, but I mean, like I will definitely change my diet as I get closer, mm-hmm. um, more for fuel reasons. Yeah. I was just about to ask, is it a performance thing? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, general rules are like green is good. You know, and, and, you know, there's, there's all these different diets that, you know, of like the ketogenic diet, mm-hmm. Yeah, we and, talked about that. you know, and there's so many out there. And again, like I said, like if I tell 
three different people that I'm doing this diet, they'll say, oh, well, that's good, but this would be better. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's an answer. It. Yeah, it's an answer for everything. Yeah. So what I'm going to tell you is what works for me. Yep. It will not necessarily work for everybody. Yeah. Like that, That's I, very important that people are, the, yeah. the, they misconstrue the fact that this fella or this lady's doing this, I'm going to do it too. And it's going to do everything exactly what it does to them to me. And that's, yeah. c- couldn't be more wrong. No, Everyone is so different. It's the recipe, right? It's yeah. the recipe for, you know, it's the amount of work you do versus, you know, what you're eating how you're eating, when you're eating, right? So for me, it's very simple. One, green is good, um, generally, right? Um, I like that. Green is good. Yeah, green is good. And I 100% agree with that. So like when I'm eating, I'll always go, like I'll grab like a giant handful of spinach. I hate salad, but I'll eat it, you know, because it's the fuel that I need, right? You should check out my backyard because I grow salad. Awesome. I grow lettuce lettuce like you wouldn't believe. So I do spinach salads. Yeah, I grow spinach. And, uh, okay. (laughs) Captain Farmer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I'm going to go in your backyard and raid it. Then. Yeah, we'll check it out. <laughs> um, so we, uh, yeah, and then inverse is out. So it, it's a very simple concept. Again, not everybody's going to agree with it, but it's like, I can tell you even in terms of science that if I eat less than my output, I will lose weight, you know? Yep. And so, and I can tell you this because this is what I used to do. I don't do it anymore for the record. So my coach doesn't kill me. <laughs> I used to eat like candy was my weakness for a long time. Um, not anymore. Cause I started supplementing candy with dates, which is actually a, Smart, a yeah. cool thing. Cause Good. dates are super sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's get rid of those pits. They're awful. <laughs> yeah. I actually almost busted my tooth on. Oh one. dude, they're brutal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I would actually run extra miles and do extra sprints so I could eat candy. Right. That okay. day, you know what I mean? Yep. Like I would eat the candy beforehand yep. and then I would then get on the treadmill and, yeah. and kill myself. Yeah. But it's, it's that inverse is out, you know, it's like, okay, I ate, you know, a bunch of sugar that I probably shouldn't have <laughs> ate. So now I'm going to go run and now I'm paying for die it. on the treadmill, you know? <laughs> so, so yeah, that, that's, I don't know, keeping it simple, diet simple, just, you know, have fun, Thanks, you know, man. don't worry too much about what other people are doing and, you know, just keep your head down. When are you fighting next? Uh, we're working on it. So I'm hoping, hoping end of July, early August, it might get pushed, might not get pushed. We don't know. That's why we want to stay in shape all the time. Yeah. Good for you, man. So, so yeah. Well, Ross Milet, dude, thanks for being here. Oh, no problem. It was a pleasure. Uh, do you want to plug anything, socials, uh, your gym? Let's talk a little just before we, uh, Um, completely close. So the gym is back.boxing on Instagram. Just B-A-A-C. B-A-A-C, just like on the side of the head. Yeah, Bay Area Athletic Club. Yes, sir. Burlington. And And uh, and remember, there's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu upstairs. Yes. Run by a master. Master master. wizard. Um, And then my stuff's Razor Ross Milet across the board. Razor Ross. Yeah, which was actually given to me by um, my my previous osteopath slash current cut man, Gus. I was laying on his table and his hand was like somewhere in my ribs fixing my my ribs or my whatever (laughs) organ that needed to be fixed. And and he goes, you know what? I figured out a good fight name for you. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know I needed a fight name. He goes, come on, man. Dude, of course you (laughs) need a fight name. Of course you do. And I'm like, okay, well, what is it? And thinking like, I mean, it would be something super cheesy. And he goes, Razor. And I'm like, oh, that's not terrible. Because it kind of emulates the fight style too. I think it's amazing. So yeah, that was the Dude, that's awesome. One that sticks. So and and again, like I'm not the type of guy that would make up my own nickname. Like that's why I'm like, okay, I don't I don't need well, a it's, nickname. Yeah, it's nice that it magically <laughs> happened and was given yeah, to you. Very organic, yeah. And I think nice. that I think I think that 
sort of speaks volumes to using it. I mean, it was sort of a gift, right? I mean, somebody gifts you this nickname. So. Yeah. So, and he always laughs. So, well, Razor Ross Milet, dude, thanks for chatting. No problem. Man. And uh, you know, good luck um, with you. the future. I mean, you don't really yeah. need it. You've got the right team. You've got the right coach. Um, you've got all the inspiration you need. You've got a good support system. So, dude, just keep keep at it, man. Keep yeah, crushing it. That's the goal, man. Just uh, keep moving on. Awesome. And yeah. thanks for doing the podcast, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Awesome. Dude.